right, man. Welcome. Welcome back to Black Equity Podcast, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, for those who don't know who you are, uh, just tell us a little bit about your background, man, and let's uh, get into this conversation for today. So again, appreciate the conversation and the opportunity. Uh, my name is Arthur L. Burris, Jr. I'm the founder and CEO of Sketch Incorporated, and we develop a lifestyle management marketplace app called Portiero, which is the simplest way to find, buy, or sell a service. And a little bit about my background is I have a 20 plus year experience in finance, operations, and technology. And fortunately, I work for four Fortune 25 companies and one Fortune 500 company. And that's where all of that experience has accumulated to the point whereas I'm giving that gift to the world. Mm, I love that. <laughs> and this is actually our, our third time talking on the podcast, I believe. Yes. Um, it's been quite the the journey of not only you building your company, but then also staying connected and seeing the growth of friendship as well. Yes. Um, one thing I was researching and studying, preparing for this conversation, which I really love, by the way, is preparing for the conversation, is your organization is in the middle of a industry that takes up almost 70% of the GDP for United States of America, uh, being the service industry. Yes. And so did you know, when you first got into this thing, did you realize that you were in the biggest industry, the largest industry that, that creates the most opportunities uh, just not just in the United States, but globally. Globally. Yes, um, because the, the perspective is everyone requires services, you know, from busy professionals, which is what the app was developed for, and then also other individuals that have families. And then also, you know, there's a two-sided marketplace. Now you're looking at the small businesses, right? You know, the mm-hmm. solo entrepreneurs. And especially post-pandemic, this is the perfect time because about 60% of our small businesses they fold it during the pandemic and they won't come back. So this is our opportunity to create an app for businesses to resurrect themselves and generate some revenue and, you know, for their business and go mobile, or they can still have a separate sales channel, you know, for their brick and mortar. But the idea was, yes, everyone requires services, whether it's cleaning services, car washes, haircuts, hairstyle, makeup, manicure, pet sitting, you know, the delivery business is the hugest opportunity right now. And what we learned through the pandemic is 53%, you know, the trend is 53% across the world globally, you know, it touches on your point. They require delivery services now. And you see that with the Uber Eats and the DoorDashes, et cetera. So how do we expand it from a services perspective? So you can have your barber, your hairstylist, your car wash detailer come to your place of business or your home or a friend's house to provide those services. It's, it's uh, interesting you mentioned this because after our first conversation, man, that was probably almost two years ago. Yes. Right? <laughs> so... After that conversation, I began, I knew your app was coming. I wanted to start looking up apps that could kind of do what yours does, but maybe uh, it would probably take 10 apps to do it. 
Like I might have to get one app to, for my barber. I may have to go get one app for my groceries. I may have to get one for the car, the, the mechanic. The, and so uh, I began looking up just different apps and like, okay, this is actually a really cool thing. Having my groceries delivered, right? I don't have to physically, you know, go into the grocery store. Um, I haven't had a barber come to the house yet, but I have searched. <laughs> there are people out there that will do the mobile um barber and like though i guess uh send a van and then you'll go out to your um go out to your uh your front um lawn or whatever and they'll have the van there and then they'll cut it right right at your house um what else have i done obviously like the door dashes of the world uh <laughs> bringing the food uh to you and so i just began kind of immersing myself because you birthed this thought in me of you really can create your own lifestyle and the lifestyle can come to you. And that's the purpose of the app. It's a lifestyle management app. You know, you touched yeah. on it. It really is. No one knows your lifestyle, DJ, right? Yeah. No one knows how often you want your haircut or food delivered or your car wash, you know, things like that. So how do we reduce the number of apps you have to go through, right? You know, 10 different apps to fit your lifestyle. How do we condense that into one app? And then you can set the recurring services and the frequency based on your needs at times convenient for you because, you know, you have a podcast, you have a business and there's other activities you want to perform. How can we bring those services, you know, to you at a time that's convenient for you and then based on the frequency of need in a simple way? And that's where Portiero comes into play, you know, the simple way to find and buy a service. And then from a business perspective, you know, the easiest way, the simplest way to sell a service. And this is the opportunity, right? There's over 400,000 lifestyle apps in both the Apple and Google Play Store. But there's not that one app that we can consolidate services based on your lifestyle mm -hmm. and personalize it, right? That's where the personalization comes into play because people want personalization, right? They don't want to go through and select all of these 20 different options, you know, to get to where they need, you know, to select a service and purchase, right? How about we just group those services that you frequently use, and that's all you're presented. Card is on file, you pay, and go on about your business. Now, I will add, because of the pandemic, we were able to add additional feature in there that is um, something that, you know, a lot of people will be delighted for. So because of the pandemic, we added a COVID-19 verification feature in the app. So basically, because of the simple fact that we're looking at service providers coming into individuals' homes uh, or in contact with them, you know, business outside, that A, they're able to verify that they've been vaccinated, and then vice versa to protect our service providers, which are our partners, you as a member and, you know, vice versa, members, which are the consumers like yourself, they're able to verify if they're vaccinated or not. So it's not required, okay. but we want to have that option that people would be able to see that as, you know, to protect themselves. Now we talk, I think this might've been the second time you're on the podcast. I may have hinted at this. I want to bring it back up again, because when things start happening in the universe, <laughs> I, my mind immediately starts thinking about all the different people I've talked to and how this is going to impact them or how it relates to them. I might slide somebody an article and be like, yo, this is what you were just talking about. So 
when I first heard about your app and creating your own lifestyle and basically bringing everything to you, we were still living in a world at the time where it made sense to go everywhere. You know, it, it still made sense to go get your car detailed, go get your haircut, uh, go get your groceries. Go. It still made sense to go do those things. And then a few months later, maybe a year later, this thing that we're calling a pandemic hits. And magically, it makes little sense to go everywhere when you can have everything come to you. And I think I hinted at it on our second conversation. I want to see where you stand on it as well today. Did you, and I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this, because I'm not trying to be insensitive. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. Right? But w- 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 when you saw COVID-19, pandemic, everybody's going to have to kind of shift their lifestyle in a way. They're going to have to start uh, figuring out how to bring things to them and not go towards them. Did you not just immediately say, yo, this is actually the stars aligning for everything that I have envisioned for my brand? In a sense, it was out of chaos comes opportunity. It's, it's mm. something that was always taught. And the chaos was the black swan or the pandemic, so to speak. Mm. The opportunity exists now to how do we bring those services to individuals to help, you know, improve their lives and simplify their lives so they don't have to worry about, I don't want to go outside. I don't want to be in contact with individuals who may or may not have, you know, COVID-related symptoms and so forth. So it really gives you the opportunity to not put your life on pause and still have those services provided at times convenient for you in a safe manner, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it goes back to 60% of these small businesses won't come back. They have to close their doors, right? How do we resurrect those businesses and provide them an opportunity? And so I like to say that I'm a futuristic thinker. That Mm -hmm. is one of my strengths um, when I tested four years ago. And I was born in the era of the Jetsons. You know, I was was born in 1966. So I'm 55 years of age. But if you look at back then, the Jetsons, the cartoon and Star Trek in in the early 60s, If you notice everything that happened during those cartoons and TV series, all of those events or all of those objects, those futuristic objects are now in play today. So I'm glad I was a science fiction buff. And I always think, try to think 10, 15, 20 years ahead. And this just validates that Portiero is the right solution for everyone in the world. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to challenge you a little bit. Okay. You're a futuristic thinker. I, I, you know, I'm future thinking too. I'm forward thinking. Where are we headed with all this? With the pandemic, the economy shifting. They, you know, I'm reading uh, Ray Dalio's book. He's talking about potentially uh, the economy is going to crash. Um, there's going to be more opportunity out of chaos uh, that you mentioned earlier. What do you see in the for, you know, formidable future? Not too far ahead. We don't give them, you know, the game 10 years from now. <laughs> but the next couple of years, how do you see uh, society uh, moving forward? I think from a societal perspective, in the next couple of years, um, you're going to have more community feels, right? Communities based off of 
who provides what services in a convenient way, an affordable way, right? So that's what a community is gonna to come together. And then as how are people giving back to those communities to help others? And which is a foundation for us because with every transaction, we wanna give back to causes that, you know, that you're passionate about or our users are gonna be passionate about. That's gonna create that community feel. Is there someone that needs food? you know, because they don't have food for their family. If there's someone that's homeless, how do we provide shelter for these individuals? If there's someone that's going through cancer treatment, do they need help, you know, with radiation treatments and paying for medical costs and things like that? So I think in the future, you're gonna look more for community. And then, um, you know, as part of this, this is either a make or break it from a societal perspective. People are either gonna come together or they'll become very fragmented. But even if they become fragmented, they're going to become fragmented in communities. Mm -hmm. I'll give you another future state is if you look at what Bill Gates is doing in Arizona, he's bought like a whole town area and mm -hmm. he's going to create like a bubble atmosphere, right? Okay. Where they can grow their own food, their own air is, you know, within that confined um, city, so to speak. So it goes back to the Jetsons. It goes back to Star Trek. If you look in the 60s, you had these small colonies. You had these global or unique galaxies or cities where you have a domed city, um, where you have the flying cars and then people in enclosed buildings and, you know, escalators that go from your house, like in the Jetsons, to the office. Mm -hmm. You know, you have the, um, the closed escalator, so to speak, like a tube. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you look at Elon Musk, he wants to build a tube so you can travel underneath the ground from one city to another supersonic. Right. If you look at the Jeff Bezos and the Elon Musk of the world and um, they're building, you know, aircraft or ships to go to other planets mm -hmm. and seeing how we can settle there. That's where society is going to is where can we advance our knowledge and our technology in other places and build communities. Hmm. Okay. I shared something on my uh, Instagram uh, a few months ago. I'm not sure if you remember, but I, I put a posting up of uh, Los Angeles and, <laughs> and the traffic, right? That's, that's where I'm at. <laughs> that's where you and I remember you posted, you say, hey, that's where I live. And hey. I was posting about how, oh my goodness. Like, why would anyone want to live here? And then my good friend Arthur <laughs> says, I live there. Like, oh, no, wait, my bad. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, but I'm just looking at the traffic and I'm like, oh. So here's, here's something I want to ask. What happens when I'm using your app and I've built my life where everybody comes to me and it's, let's just say somehow, some way, I'm in Los Angeles and I need someone to come to me, but it's going to be a four hour wait because of whatever reason the traffic is that way that day. What, I mean, what are, is there a contingency to the fact of traffic and barriers that can stop somebody to getting to you in a timely manner? Well, good question. So there's a couple options that are in the app, right? There's the schedule services where you can go to the brick and mortar or they come to you at a scheduled mm -hmm. time. Um, there, and as a part of that, let's say that you are in traffic en route to, let's say, DJ's house, right? We have an SMS 
feature inside the app. So then you can message. I can message you to say, hey, I'm running a half hour behind, et cetera. So at least okay. you'll get a notification. You'll have the awareness that Arthur is en route and he's a half hour behind in traffic. Okay. Now, there's also the on-demand option option that we're putting in, you know, sort of like Uber, you know, some of these on-demand functions, whereas you can see and track, you know, me arriving at your place, your residence, office, et cetera. So you can actually see the, you know, the time duration of how far away. So that's the aspect that we're adding. Um, what we're also going to do with that on-demand feature if it's not somebody that is a preferred service provider let's say that you want to use and it's just somebody else that's in our platform in the marketplace you get to set the parameters as far as the mile difference or at least the service provider can what's the mile difference that they want to provide that service to and hopefully in that service range by miles is something that they can arrive and provide those services within, you know, 30 minutes or less, hopefully. Right. Right. But then again, you know, you can't predict, you know, everything. I mean, (laughs) you know, things happen, you know, sometimes here in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, for some odd reason, the president comes to Charlotte, North Carolina, at least quarterly. (laughs) And that's the, and I've been here for almost 10, 12 years. And that's every president has that, that, you know, while I've been here, Somehow the president is in town and they in Charlotte and no one is not on CNN. It ain't, you know, broadcasted, but the, the president comes to our city at least, at least once a year, minimum. And I know exactly where they stay. I ain't going to say nothing, president. <laughs> I know exactly where they stay and I know the exact two or three different routes they take. But oh. hey, I, I'm not. I'm just saying. <laughs> but the reason why I know that is so I can stay away because the president is in town, and I'm gonna go this way instead of that way. Right. And so yeah, there's things that you just can't predict, right? Um, I was gonna ask you about um, Los Angeles, right? We're since we're on that topic. What is it like? I have never lived there. I went to San Diego a few months ago. I loved it in San Diego. But what is it like in Los Angeles? How long have you been there? How is it maneuvering? How's the lifestyle? Tell me about that. So I was born in Los Angeles um, and I left Los Angeles 27 years ago. So this would be the 28th year. So I left in 95, 94. Yeah, 94. And then I moved, you know, around the U.S. and around the world for that matter. So I just returned back to Los Angeles in March of last year. You know, so my residence in Arizona and then I moved back home. My cousin had influence on me to say, hey, you should come back home, move to L.A., the weather, the beaches. Right, right. right? So it's ironic because by me moving back to Los Angeles and the atmosphere, you know, I like the water. You know, I prefer, you know, wherever I go overseas, you know, I always have to be near the sea. So mm-hmm. I love being near the Pacific Ocean and going to be able to visit because the calmness. But, you know, L.A. is vibrant is very multicultural. Um, there's a lot of connections here. So since I have arrived back here, the ideas and the connectivity and the people that are supporting and want to support Portiero is, 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 is really welcoming here, Ooh. you know, versus some other location. And I don't even have to know everybody, but it's just the connections that I'm meeting and mm-hmm. then they get connected to other people. It's been instrumental to our success and then while we're looking toward the future so 
but this is home for me. Uh, the energy is here. You know, the Super Bowl is here this year. Yes, <laughs> so, you know, that provides opportunities, you know, for us to go into the community and present Portiero and, you know, see how it could be integrated, you know, to the large community here in Los Angeles and the sports industry as well. But it's a it's a it's a it's a foundational benchmark for us. And, and, you know, by the time this airs, I think it would make sense for us to also have the conversation about the Super Bowl. But before I ask you my Super Bowl question, um, and we're going to be able to see if you are correct. Um, <laughs> what about the Olympics? The Olympics is coming to Los Angeles soon, isn't it? Uh, is that 2026? Yeah, I know, it's it... within, I know it's within the next five to 10 years. It might be 2026. I don't. Don't quote me on the exact year, but yeah, I mean, I think we were awarded it because somebody else lost out on it because of a certain issue. Mm -hmm. So I I would, yeah, I would assume that that would be a valid. Are you seeing any, any changes in the city preparing for it yet? Or is it still too early to tell? No, they already started. So as you know, the Super Bowl is next month. So um, with as a result of the pandemic, there was a lot of homelessness here mm. in Los Angeles. Yeah. And, you know, as you travel around different cities, especially downtown LA, but then also, you know, the outskirts, you see a lot of people, unfortunately, living in tents or makeshift homes and parking lots and sidewalks and streets and so forth. Um, there's one particular area um, that I used to go um, to go get, you know, because I'm vegan. So, you know, I go to this cafe and I remember, you know, across the street, this big parking lot, it was full of, you know, encampments. It's gone. I went there the other day. It's like cleaned out. Wow. So you start to drive around, you're starting to see areas where I think there's, you know, the governor is creating these makeshift homes um, for these people, for these individuals and families to go to. You know, I think they're doing some funding and creating these micro housing to help clean up um, the homeless issues, mm-hmm. but it's still a, a big issue that needs to be addressed. And, you know, that's, you know, I'm not a politician, so I don't know how that would be solved. <laughs> I, I, I got to say this just for the record. We would like to help toward that. Yeah, of course. I got to say this for the record. I, I know I already shouted out that I know the way the president moves um, in my city. I'm already on thin ice there. Right. <laughs> but, I got to say this to these these uh, cities that be taking on the Olympics. They'll clean up everything when the Olympics is coming. And then as soon as the Olympics is gone, it's like we don't care about the city no more. Back to where it is. So it's almost like a performance base. Like, hey, we got to look good for the cameras. And then, oh, cameras are gone. You know, there's still cameras there, but the Olympic cameras are gone. Uh, who cares? And I'm, I'm sure they don't say it that way. But I just want to challenge some of these cities like, no, if you're going to host the Super Bowl, host the Olympics, then also you need to take care of the residents after those events as well. I agree. I mean, take because it's it's very revenue driven. There's going to be a lot of revenue opportunities for the city, the state, you know, the individual um, locales. Right. And this goes back to individuals. How do they grow and help communities and this goes back to our earlier conversation about communities Mm -hmm. you're either going to develop a strong community or it's going to be fragmented and i would like to say you know our group you know from a portero perspective we want to go into the communities and develop communities with our app right we want to help people that 
you know, are in need and advocate for others. Because quite frankly, I wouldn't be in the position I am today because I would have lost my eyesight at age 13 if it wasn't for a teacher advocating for me. You know, I was one day away from losing my eyesight. Um, you know, I, I was on the verge of homelessness because, you know, I invested all of my funds into developing Portiero because I kept persevering, you know, and I, I wanted to see this concept come to life. So I, I persevered. So there's opportunities to advocate for others. And I'm living proof of that. And then our team members, you know, want to advocate as well, because everyone has had issues at some point in time in their life. No, definitely. Um, I know this is airing close to the Super Bowl time. <laughs> who's going to be in the Super Bowl? If you can look into this <laughs> magic ball, who's going to be in this thing and who wins it? I don't know from the AFC side. I haven't been okay. studying them. So you're going to have to help me from the AFC. But being from Los Angeles, oh, I'm man. a Rams fan. <laughs> being, that, being that the Super Bowl is hosted in Sci-Fi Stadium, would it be great for the Rams to play at home that would be cool. at the Super Bowl okay. in front of their home fans uh-huh. and win it? So I'm going for the Rams. That's, that's a fair prediction. <laughs> Here's my issue. Now, you can correct me if I'm wrong. The Rams are from originally from St. Louis, or were they always from Los Angeles, then went to St. Louis and came back? Or do you When know? I grew up. They mm-hmm. were in Los Angeles, you know, okay. when I started watching them in 1977. Okay. And then they relocated to St. Louis. And then, you know, they won the Super Bowl there in St. Louis. They had two mm-hmm. appearances, one, one. And then they, you know, relocated back to Los Angeles. So for you, did, so you grew up a Rams fan? I grew up a Rams fan, yes. Okay. Then yeah. I got to respect their pick then. All L.A., right? I'm so this Lakers, is not bandwagon, Dodgers, right? No, 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 no. Okay. I'm, I, ride, I ride the waves. I'm a Lakers fan, Dodgers fan, Rams fan from 1977 when I was 11 years of age. Whether there's losing season, seasons or there's winning seasons, I'm all for my team. Now, when I was growing up, I'm a Lakers fan as well. When I was growing up, it was the Staples Center. That's where you wanted to go. But now the Staples Center ain't the Staples Center. They just changed the name to was it crypto? Crypto.com. Oh, you got you got if you go way back, you remember they used to play at the forum and then Correct. they moved to the Staples Center. Correct. Now they just renamed it to crypto.com. So, so that gives you, you that gives you a glimpse into the future, right? It crypto. Does. Right? It does. Bitcoin, digital money. So everything is going to be digital. If you would ask me, look ahead two to five years, everything's going digital. So let's go back real quick. Because I, I want to touch on that crypto part. But let's go back from the forum to the Staples Center. If we were having the this conversation right at the, the change where it was Staples Center, we would probably say, well, look out for small businesses. Because, it's you know, if, if we're talking about Staples, we're talking about uh, making sure that entrepreneurship and small business were to grow. Is that a fair? Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. As far as Staples, you know, uh, having office equipment and things like that. Yes. And so I think we would be be on the, on the money. Hey, small business is going to grow. Uh, entrepreneurship is going to rise. That happened during that time. So here we are with crypto.com. And I'm going to make a, a, a bold prediction. Here's my bold prediction. I don't think crypto is the game changer. No. What do you although think it is? Although it's called crypto.com, 
it's gonna it's gonna be the face of it. Right? Yes. Just like LeBron is the face of the Lakers, but he's not technically the Lakers. No, it's it's, it's Lakers first, players second. Right. Blockchain is the Lakers. Crypto True. is LeBron James. Yes. It's a it's it's a connectivity. It's the it's a player within a atmosphere or a chain and a mm-hmm. link, right? Exactly. Right. So yes, you're correct. Black blockchain is the foundation, right? Yes. It's the it's, it's, it's the platform. And crypto is just a component of it, right? Because correct. you have Ethereum and everything else, right? So yeah, you're you're absolutely correct there. And if crypto, if we're looking in a glass, uh, the glass ball here, if crypto takes off, that just means blockchain just gets that much stronger. And you see a lot of different, you know, digital monies, currencies are making their bet as well. It's just like everything else, right? There's always different players in the game and which one is better, which people prefer, you know, what's the fluctuation in currency, what's the trade-off, the benefits, et cetera. Right. You know, there's always, which is good. Right. Which is good. If blockchain is that thing, here's what, here's what I think. I think people have been so cryptoing their way around (laughs) these last six months, maybe even longer. It's just been crypto, 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 uh, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. And then, you know, for like two weeks, Dodge coin, the back to Bitcoin, 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 and then Ethereum, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. I'm saying all that's great. Blockchain. Blockchain is the one thing that has not, it's, it's constant. It's yes. the same, everything, everything's being built on top of it. And so it's almost like, you know, buy land, right? Well, I would say that we need to really tap into that blockchain thing. How does the work you're doing, how does that relate to the crypto space, blockchain space, SaaS space? How uh, is that re- related in any way for those who may not see the connectivity? So, yes, we will offer digital currency in our marketplace, right? We're already right. in discussions on how we want to incorporate, you know, the cryptocurrency blockchain into, you know, the Portero marketplace so people can pay using those digital currencies, especially because we're going global as well, right? So that's something that we're looking into. We're also looking into placing us into the metaverse, right? So what we want to do is we want to be the first marketplace in the metaverse so people can transact. They can find, buy, and sell services in the metaverse. So we're already thinking ahead. There's, these are elements that we plan on you know, launching and integrating actually this year. So we're fast-tracking, right? I have a six, five to 10-year innovation map, but I'm going to try to get it all in in year one, which is 2022 for us. Mm-hmm. So that's where I need your help, you know, from a voice perspective. This is where the communities come together, right? You know, how do we invest in this community app, this lifestyle app, and how do we give back to these communities and incorporate all of these different emerging technologies to help simplify people's lives? Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, so my Super Bowl prediction um, <laughs> is Dallas Cowboys. But that's always my prediction. My prediction every year is that the Dallas Cowboys go to the Super Bowl. And I figure one of these years, I'll be right. Yeah. I, I, I've been waiting. It's been a while. They're, they're a good team this year. They're a good they team. They are good. They are good. Um, Who's coming out of the AFC, though? I think it's going to be Kansas City. Aren't they underperforming? They are. 
which is why no one's going to pick them. But Who's I their that, closest competitor right now? I know New England was doing pretty well. Um, honestly, I don't know. I don't know who would be. That's why I'm not really worried about. But <laughs> uh, you have Pat Mahomes. You're, if, you're, if you're I got the, one of the best quarterbacks. Yes. I got one. Of, it's the best team. Yeah, yeah it may yeah. be underperforming, but it doesn't change their value. No, because one game at a time, right? Right. One we game gotta at get a time. There, Just right? gotta get there. Yeah. Now, I believe the Rams would be in the same conference as the Cowboys. Yes. And so I know my pick would mess up <laughs> your pick, but I got to do what I got to do too, right? That's okay. That's, it, makes, it makes for a good, exciting playoffs. Yes, yes. Uh, and I always love that. So hopefully, hopefully one of our teams makes it. Um, yes. I would love for your team to do the home, you know, bring everybody, you know, back to L.A. I love that's a great storyline. But right now, I really need my Cowboys. <laughs> um, it's been since like 90-something. The last time I remember the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl, Michael Jackson was at halftime and, and uh, doing his performances. Like, it's that long ago. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's you know, why. <laughs> I would love, and speaking of, of performances, how do you feel about Dr. Dre being the halftime performance in L.A.? Got, how do you, you feel got, about that? You got Dre, Snoop. And who else? Eminem, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar. So that so you have a couple of L.A. grown individuals and Dr. Dre mm-hmm. and Snoop and um, Kendrick. Uh, Kendrick, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's definitely a headliner. It's Los Angeles. You definitely headline with your local talent. Then you have Eminem, which was a protege of Dr. Dre and under his label, and Mary J. Blige. I mean, the queen of R&B slash hip hop. I mean, come on, you, you, you can't. You, that's a lie. That's that's entertainment right there, right? I because agree. she she blended that R&B hip hop. Right. She got everybody dancing. Right. If you, you heard a Mary J. Blige song, you immediately you're hyped. You're, right. you're running to the dance floor. You're 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 dancing in your car seat while you're driving. You're bombing your head. That's that's a great entertainment show there. You know, I uh, she's been doing her thing on a show Power. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and this recent report came out that she makes like four hundred thousand dollars per episode, right? And I think she's amassed like eight million dollars so far on the show. Imagine being that person who first started off, you know, just wanting to sing, and maybe and I'm not trying to put no words in her mouth. I'll wait till somebody interviews her. <laughs> Um, maybe looking to make $50,000, you know, in a single month or a year. Right. And now you're making $400,000 an episode. So you position yourself to create that type of value. And I see you doing that too. I'm not saying you're going to be on power. Hold on now. <laughs> I don't want to. Hey, hey, I'll welcome a, you know, I'll do a, I'll do a, <laughs> what do they call it? A cameo? Hey, you got to do what you got to do. I'm not trying to stop you. If you want power, go for it. (laughs) But I do see you positioning yourself, uh, especially with the background you have in technology, you're positioning yourself to where what you might have dreamed may have been not even the beginning of the the opportunities that are coming towards you. When I first saw, uh, like you said, opportunity in chaos, when I first saw the opportunity in the chaos, I said, this is going to be a really great opportunity uh, for your end users to really be able to create the world. I'm always big on creating, 
your own reality. Right. And so if I can tap in on one app, bring everything to me, and I don't have to go running around the city or running around the country to go get things done, and everyone comes to me, that is a game changer. Definitely. And I'm all about being around game changers. And the whole idea is to simplify the experiences for our customers. You know, that's yeah. been our purpose from day zero. You know, I won't mm-hmm. say day one because that's Amazon's logo, but it's been day zero for us. That's mm-hmm. what we lived and breathed from that day. And then, you know, ironically, you know, when this concept came up five years ago, we always said we would be a virtual, as the term is called remote now. We always say we would be a virtual company so people on our team could work anywhere in the world, which helps position us when we're communicating with our end users throughout the world. So we were already thinking ahead, global, virtual slash remote. How do we simplify people's lives? We bring the services to them because, you know, 53% people want it now. They want personalization. They want things, you know, when it's convenient for them. And at the same time, how do we help our communities? How do we give back to our communities and help other people's lives prosper, as well as these solo entrepreneurs and small businesses? Because without small businesses and solo entrepreneurs, the economy would collapse, right? Yep. So to avert an economic collapse, Portero is positioning itself in the center of the universe to help branch out and, and prevent that economic collapse. I'll say this. I'm not trying to go against what you're saying. I just want to add a just different, a different perspective. Even if there is an economic collapse, there's still people working and doing stuff and, and making money. And this would be the perfect way to do it. Even if there is a technical, because sometimes they'll say the economy uh, collapsed, but everybody's still at the grocery store. Everybody's still doing stuff. Right. And so really it's more of like a mentality thing. So even if they say it on the news, Hey, everything's over. The the world is crashed. The economy is crashed. <laughs> no, nah, it will Yeah, I'm just saying they can still hire. You know, bring somebody to the house to cut their hair, but it's still going to need that. Bring the groceries to you. All the different services are still going to be needed because they're essential. Most of those services are essential services that they're going to need anyway. Exactly, and that's the reason why we want, we said we were going to put ourselves in the center of individuals' lives. And that's why Mm. we call it a lifestyle management app, because no matter what, people are still going to require services, whether it's food, haircut, medical supplies. You know, think about we also develop this for our elderly, right? Because a lot of apps, they don't consider the elderly, you know, the more mature groups, the 65 age plus. These individuals still have self-esteem. They want hair services done. They probably need bathing services. They probably want cooking done, cleaning done, things like that. Maybe exercise, you know, a partner that will help them get out and about, you know, to have some semblance of life, right? So we're gearing our app toward generations, right? We want to develop the app based on the generational um, lifestyles and then let them personalize it to meet their needs. Now you said something earlier it's been sitting, I, I, I took a mental note. You said you were vegan, correct? Yes. Now tell the truth. You <laughs> left Arizona because there's better vegan options in LA. Be honest. That, that, that is one. Okay. <laughs> That's not the, but there's definitely a lack of vegan options 
in certain states. There's definitely more vegan options here in Los Angeles because, yeah. again, it's a lifestyle, right? It's a lifestyle change. And then plus um, the state is behind it, right? You know, um, so there's there's other elements that um, come into play as far as availability. Yeah. Now, uh, when it comes to vegan, how long have you been vegan? It's 10 months as of this month. So I started wow. going 100% vegan as of March last year, you know, as part of my transition to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And before that, I was pescatarian. So I was strictly okay. just fish and vegetables. And then, you know, I transitioned to 100% vegan. Okay. So on a, do you have a, a go-to meal in the vegan <laughs> space that even a person who isn't vegan would uh, gravitate towards? Yeah. And, and the thing is, you have to understand your body, right? Because everyone's body is different. So there's a lot of um, there's gluten free products, you know, and there's some that still have gluten. And then there's a lot of soy products and then there's non soy products. So you really have to understand and know your body and you'll, you know, you'll transition accordingly. Right. But, uh, you know, a lot of plant based options um, to choose from. And my go to meal is. If I cook, it's a plant-based crumbles, and I'll cook that with cauliflower rice. Okay. Um, otherwise, I juice a lot. I juice a lot of fruits and vegetables. But if I were to have a meal, it's uh, the plant-based crumbles with cauliflower rice. If I'm going out, there's this one particular restaurant I go to, and I get what's called the tangy orange chicken, which is basically soy chicken. Um, and then, that's, you know, it's plant-based, right? And then I would usually get that with um, mushroom um potato or mushroom like fries what they call it or brown rice so those are my go-to meals now i'm not trying to give out a free plug here but i was (laughs) listening to a podcast the other week and um my boy jermaine dupree he has his own vegan really ice cream it's some type of frozen dessert i'm gonna say ice cream but it's called jd's vegan okay I want to try that and see if it's good. He's been 100% vegan for a few years now. That's good. Yeah. And so um, I want to see what he, what is, what's going on. We need but to take a trip to Atlanta then. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> I looked it up. I, it was only about three hours from me. So, if I, I mean, I hate to go there just for ice cream. But when I do go there, I am going to get me a little pint and see what they're talking about. But I want to let you know, in case he puts it in L.A., and you see it that you heard it here first. I heard it here. Jermaine first. Dupree <laughs> has dropped some vegan ice cream for the culture. Yeah, I will definitely look it up now. Yeah, definitely. That's uh, good. I want to thank you, man, for uh, staying in, in connection with us and keeping us updated on the journey. Um, so, what are some key dates that people should be looking for uh, for the organization so that people can get tapped in? and make sure that they're uh, creating their own lifestyle through your app. So key dates, as far as they can go to the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store today and okay. start downloading Portiero. You know, as a small business owner or a sole entrepreneur, they, I would encourage you to sign up as a partner because those are, you know, the services that you will provide. And then I would say to select a, the initial plan would be the Portiero launch plan. And then that will be, you know, our introductory plan that, you know, service providers can select as a partner. And then as consumers or busy, you know, busy family, busy individuals, they will sign up as a member. And then I would encourage them to select the Portero lifestyle plan 
and which is our introductory plan. And then just sign up. And then the next couple of weeks, we should have enough um, partners and members in the app that we can start marketing to encourage transactions in the app based on you know the areas and locales. And then this is a journey, right? This is our start of our customer acquisition milestone. And then we'll keep growing, you know, daily, weekly, monthly, and then, you know, we'll just grow from there. So sign up, you know, go to the app stores, Google Play Store, Apple App Store, download Portero and sign up as either a member or a partner. Sounds like a plan. Arthur, I want to thank you again for uh, stopping here at Black Equity Podcast, having the conversation. And uh, we look forward to staying connected. Appreciate you. Have a good day, DJ. You as well. Okay, thanks.